Salvatry, Book 5, The Book of Love, Canto 2, Satyavan, Part 2. This is on pages 395 through 399. Savitri's road to her destined partner has led her to the edge of the great wild forest. And here she first sees Satyavan standing in a sunlit forest grove. Destiny has drawn her there, and destiny has also drawn Satyavan to the forest's edge, away from his accustomed paths of work in the forest. Destiny brings them both to pass through the grove at the same time. And destiny brings them to see each other there. Savitri has not been thinking about her journey's purpose, even though she's only traveling just to find her mate. She admires the beauty of the forest, and so Satyavan is there. She admires him as a beautiful forest inhabitant. But suddenly, her heart looked out at him and knew that he was nearer to her than her own heartstrings. All in Savitri was surprised and seized. All that had lain asleep within her, all her ecstasies and all her dreams, everything that had been what she had wanted in her life, that had not been active but was there within her being, broke forth in flame to recreate the world, and in that flame to new things she was born. The missioned face had wrought the master's spell. In this part of the canto, Sri Aurobindo very beautifully describes what happens to us when we fall in love and it is with our own soulmate. When we realize that this person is our true partner in life. And here, He puts a lot that could happen over time into the first meeting of the two soulmates. So much happens to each of them as he describes it. They are deeply awakened, deeply touched, and deeply changed forever just by looking at each other. We have the feeling that this is only the beginning of a lifetime of love, of deep love, of true growth together. When Satyavan sees Savitri, he meets in her regard his future's gaze, a promise and a presence and a fire, his self-bound nature foundered as in fire, and his life was taken into another's life. Some of this feeling about their future together comes because Sri Aurobindo speaks a lot about their past together. He says, quote, These knew each other, though in forms thus strange, although to sight unknown, though life and mind had altered to hold a new significance, these bodies summed the drift of numberless births, and the spirit to the spirit was the same. Savitri begins to realize who they are to each other, 
but not yet in her surface being. Sri Aurobindo tells us that her inner vision, still remembering, knew a forehead that wore the crown of all her past, two eyes, her constant and eternal stars, comrade and sovereign eyes that claimed her soul, lids known through many lives, large frames of love. It's clear that Sri Aurobindo is speaking about soulmates here. He says, quote, Although as unknown beings we seem to meet, our lives are not aliens, nor as strangers join. The soul can recognize its answering soul across dividing time, and on life's roads, absorbed rapt traveler, turning it recovers familiar splendors in an unknown face. And the poem puts the story of true lovers meeting into the small moment of part of one day only. But these things and these recognitions and these realizations can also happen to people over a longer time. But when we do realize who we are to each other, when it is real and not a romantic fabrication, we know that it's true. Everything in our being simply knows. Savitri and Sachavan, as they are depicted here, are highly developed beings. They can more easily recognize the truth because they are more purified as beings. They have progressed far beyond the falsehood and ignorance that most of us are struggling with. The truth and purity of true love, of love that's not totally tainted with desire and ego and all the lower parts of a vital being that is just freely doing what it likes without any yogic discipline or any prior development, that truth often takes time to manifest in this world of ignorance and falsehood. Sometimes people have to go through a lot before they get there. Even when people know their soulmates and that they belong together, sometimes it's a hard road. For people who are on a spiritual path, this soulmate relationship becomes part or all of the substance and reality of their yoga. It is in itself a spiritual practice, a spiritual aspiration, and then a spiritual reality as life goes on. Because this is the reality of our own true being, of our own soul, this often becomes a part of the process of our soul, our psychic being, coming to the forefront of our being, having these experiences and changing our whole being in our life. Sometimes we find our soulmate when our soul has come forward enough in our being and is active enough that we can consciously be in this level of human relationship. Bindo tells us in this part of the canto, about the falsehoods also, 
He speaks briefly about the difficulties more in a general sense, but through his words we understand that he knows and he's explaining to us the source of the difficulties that we have. He says, The child God love dwells in us like an unopened flower, awaiting a rapid moment of the soul. This child God is at play. He seeks himself in many hearts, in many minds and living forms. Love, the God love, in us, is looking for a sign that he can know, and when it comes, he wakes blindly to a voice, a look, a touch, the meaning of a face. But our mind, our dim bodily mind, acting as the instrument of love and telling us what's happening, or perhaps we could say we are telling ourselves what's happening with our mind, this dim mind that we've got and that we're working with has forgotten the heavenly way of seeing, the celestial sight. And so instead of seeing the whole being and the truth, we seize on a sign of outward charm and we take the body for a soul. Sri Aurobindo says, too far from the divine, love seeks his truth and life is blind and the instruments deceive and powers are there that labor to debase. But, as Sri Aurobindo says, Still the vision can come, the joy can arrive. And here in Savitri, as it can come to all of us when we are ready, he says, quote, In these great spirits now incarnate here, love brought down power out of eternity to make of life his new undying base. And he teaches us that our immortal soul, wearing a mortal body for delight, touched by the warning finger of swift love, thrills again to an immortal joy. A bliss is born that can remake our life. To live, to love, are signs of infinite things. Love is still the Godhead by which all can change. The Book of Love, Satyavan. Suddenly, her heart looked out at him. The passionate seeing used thought cannot match and knew one nearer than its own close strings. All in a moment was surprised and seized, all in inconscient ecstasy lane wrapped, or under imagination's colored lids held up in a large mirror air of dream, broke forth in flame to recreate the world, and in that flame to new things she was born. A mystic tumult from her depths arose, hailed, Smitten erect like one who dreamed at ease, life ran to gaze from every gate of sense. 
thoughts, indistinct and glad in moon-mist heavens, feelings as when a universe takes birth, swept through the turmoil of her bosom's space, invaded by a swarm of golden gods, arising to a hymn of wonders priests, her soul flung wide its doors to this new sun. An alchemy worked. The transmutation came. The missioned face had wrought the master's spell. In the nameless light of two approaching eyes, a swift and fated turning of her days appeared and stretched to a gleam of unknown worlds. Then, trembling with the mystic shock, her heart moved in her breast and cried out like a bird who hears his mate upon a neighboring bough. Hooves trampling fast, wheels largely stumbling, ceased. The chariot stood like an arrested wind. And Satyavan looked out from his soul's doors and felt the enchantment of her liquid voice fill his youth's purple ambience and endured the haunting miracle of a perfect face. Mastered by the honey of a strange flower mouth, drawn to soul spaces opening round a brow, he turned to the vision like a sea to the moon, and suffered a dream of beauty and of change, discovered the aureole round a mortal's head, adored a new divinity in things. His self-bound nature foundered as in fire. His life was taken into another's life. The splendid lonely idols of his brain fell prostrate from their bright sufficiencies as at the touch of a new infinite to worship a godhead greater than their own. An unknown, imperious force drew him to her. Marveling, he came across the golden sword. Gaze met close gaze and clung in sight's embrace. A visage was there, noble and great and calm, as if encircled by a halo of thought, a span, an arch of mediating light, as though some secret nimbus half was seen. Her inner vision, still remembering, knew a forehead that wore the crown of all her past. Two eyes, her constant and eternal stars, comrade and sovereign eyes that claimed her soul, lids known through many lives, large frames of love. He met, in her regard, his future's gaze, a promise and a presence and a fire 
saw an embodiment of aeonic dream, a mystery of the rapture for which all yearns in this world of brief mortality, made in material shape, his very own. This golden figure given to his grasp, hid in its breast, the key of all his aims, a spell to bring the immortal's bliss on earth, to mate with heaven's truth our mortal thought, to lift earth hearts nearer the eternal sun. In these great spirits, now incarnate here, love brought down power out of eternity to make of life his new undying base. His passion surged a wave from fathomless deeps. It leaped to earth from far-forgotten heights, but kept its nature of infinity. On the dumb bosom of this oblivious globe, although as unknown beings we seem to meet, our lives are not aliens, nor as strangers join, moved to each other by a causeless force. The soul can recognize its answering soul across dividing time, and on life's roads, absorbed rapt traveler, turning, it recovers familiar splendors in an unknown faith, and touched by the warning finger of swift love, it thrills again to an immortal joy, wearing a mortal body for delight. There is a power within that knows beyond our knowings. We are greater than our thoughts, and sometimes earth unveils that vision here. To live, to love, are signs of infinite things. Love is a glory from eternity's spheres. Abased, disfigured, mocked by baser mites that steal his name and shape in ecstasy, he is still the Godhead by which all can change. A mystery wakes in our inconscient stuff. A bliss is born that can remake our life. Love dwells in us, like an unopened flower, awaiting a rapid moment of the soul, or he roams in his charmed sleep mid thoughts and things. The child God is at play. He seeks himself in many hearts and minds and living forms. He lingers for a sign that he can know, and when it comes, wakes blindly to a voice, a look, a touch, the meaning of a face. His instrument, the dim corporeal mind, of celestial insight now forgetful grown, he seizes on some sign of outward charm to guide him mid the throng of nature's hints, reads heavenly truths into earth's semblances, desires the image for the Godhead's sake, divines the immortalities of form, 
and takes the body for the sculptured soul. Love's adoration, like a mystic seer, through vision, looks at the invisible. In Earth's alphabet, finds a godlike sense. But the mind only thinks, Behold the one for whom my life has waited long unfilled. Behold, the sudden sovereign of my days. Heart feels for heart. Limb cries for answering limb. All strives to enforce the unity all is. Too far from the divine, love seeks his truth, and life is blind, and the instruments deceive, and powers are there that labor to debase. Still can the vision come, the joy arrive. Rare is the cup fit for love's nectar wine, as rare the vessel that can hold God's birth. A soul made ready through a thousand years is the living mold of a supreme descent. These knew each other, though in forms thus strange. Although to sight unknown, though life and mind had altered to hold a new significance, these bodies summed the drift of numberless births, and the spirit to the spirit was the same. Amazed by a joy for which they had waited long, the lovers met upon their different paths. Travelers across the limitless plains of time, together drawn from fate-led journeyings in the self-closed solitude of their human past to a swift, rapturous dream of future joy and the unexpected present of these eyes. By the revealing greatness of a look, form smitten, the spirit's memory woke in sense. The mist was torn that lay between two lives, her heart unveiled and his to find her turned. Attracted as in heaven, star by star, they wondered at each other and rejoiced and wove affinity in a silent gaze. A moment passed that was eternity's ray. An hour began the matrix of new time. <laughs>